Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We give you information and education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McAniff. I am here with Janet. And today, we are talking about the three things that make Minute Women different and separate us from our competitors in the area. Now, before we get into this, this you, half of you, if not all of you, just rolled your eyes. Like, why am I going to listen to an infomercial about Minute Women? Well, one, maybe you will because... Uh, we're awesome. Well, that's a great that's a great point, Janet. We are awesome. But two, I thought that by bringing this up and talking about what I think makes Minute Women different, and why we've been successful and been in business for fifty plus forty nine plus years. Next year will be fifty years. Why Minute Women has grown under my uh, ownership and with Janet being here and other people being here is because of these three things and probably more than three things. But these are three things that you can take. And when you're in Missouri or you're in Arkansas and you're listening to this, you can go to the agency that you're thinking about hiring and saying, well, how do they stack up against what men and women thinks makes them different? So it is a little bit of an infomercial, but I think it's an info educational commercial, whatever you want to info commercial education thing. So the first one is, I think, um, our company culture. And if, if you had to say, what, what do you think about culture and company culture is important when it deals with separating you from another business or gaining your business if you are the end user that's looking to pay money to a, to a company? Well, I think for us, we, we genuinely, and it, it sounds cliche, but we really do put the client first. And everything works around them. And we know it. The caregivers know it, that if we don't have happy clients and if we don't keep our promises, then we won't have work. And we are also fortunate that we happen to have developed a culture where people see the our clients as human beings and not just uh, an item. Yeah. You know, something to be sold or whatever. And I think that uh, it really is something that is is just part of your day. It's part of who you are. And um, that's how you determine your priorities and how you problem solve. Absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, when I took over Men and Women, for, very briefly for people that don't know, I got into Men and Women because my mom got sick with cancer. She had it everywhere. She was going to die. We, I moved down to Florida to be with her. We needed 24-hour home care. Then we needed hospice. And after she passed away, my aunt, who owned Men and Women, came up to me and offered to sell me the company, try it out for a year, and if you like it, you can start uh, paying me for the company, and that's exactly what I did. And Janet here has had her own personal stories, which we won't get into, with family members that have had uh, disease, degenerative diseases, and having family members to care for, and she's been on the the other end of where a lot of our clients have been with being a family caregiver, as was I, but mine was for a short period of time, of three or four months. It was very stressful, but it, was, um, it wasn't, I don't think, as impactful as when you're a family caregiver for a year or two still working. You know, I had quit my job. I was just there because we knew my mom wasn't going to be around for very long. 
So the the reason I bring that up is when you have that co- company culture, um, one of the things when I took over Middle Women, we had been in business for 43 years, 40-something, 40 low 40 years. And we had done that by doing a good job, and I never wanted to tarnish that reputation. And what I've always told Janet, told Gina, who's another care, care coordinator here, and the nurse and anybody is that is that when we take a case, we're never going to do it just for the hours. Now, listen, we're a for-profit business. We're here to make money. Don't get me wrong there. We're not, I'm not trying to pretend that we're, you know, Greenpeace, saving the whales or anything. We are a for-profit company, but we are caring for people who have severe needs. Nobody is calling up private home care agencies anymore and saying, I need you to hang out with mom and play checkers and sip some tea to make sure that she's not lonely. Maybe we get that call once. In a blue moon. In a blue moon. I would say (laughs) once a year, maybe once every two years, we get something like that. And usually then it goes back to low hours. It's only there for an hour or two versus when people are calling up private home care agencies, it's because they're being discharged from a hospital. They had a nasty fall. They had a laceration they broke their hip and they are fundamentally unsafe to be in their home alone and their family members cannot handle the caregiving responsibilities and need to go to a third party to do so so when you look at that from that angle you look at it as when we get a case in here somebody is depending on us to make sure that somebody's safe and so when it comes to and an example i'd like to give is is i've heard this horror story happen before is that Let's say somebody calls out of a 12-hour case an hour before they're supposed to be there. The, the care coordinator calls up all the clients, the, the caregivers, and nobody is willing to go over there to, to fill in the case, except for one caregiver who is going to go into overtime. And they, the care coordinator calls the business owner, and he or she says, absolutely not, we are not losing money on this case. It will not happen. Care coordinator, care coordinator calls the client back and says, sorry, we're not going to be able to go over and cover that shift. Somebody will be in at 7 p.m. tonight, but from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., very kindly they say, you're on your own. That happens regularly. That is a problem in the private home care industry where business owners can't see the forest through the trees. Um, and that's something that I've, I've, I've been adamant against since the very beginning of owning this company of how dumb you have to be to allow something like that to happen. Now, I'll talk about the business side of how stupid that is. But Janet, tell me about the clinical side on how, because you worked into an, you worked in an assisted living before. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to do that in an assisted living, how do you think the client would react? And how do you think the assisted living, who is a referral partner for that private home care company, would react to that situation? Well, they they wouldn't be very happy if all of a sudden, you know, staff didn't show up and you still have to meet the needs of, of the people that are there. And, um, you know, it's the, the same. There are people, too, that think if you have the, the visiting nurse that there's more coverage there than there actually is. So, you know, it's a lot about the expectations. I can remember in the past when there were bad snowstorms and things like that where people um, couldn't get to work. And in cases like that, you know, the, per- the clients still have to eat. They still have to be cared for. And if you're in an assisted living, you end up with the management having to help make breakfast and lunch and whatever. You can't just not care for them. You can't just not show. 
Absolutely. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, the client loses respect in you. They, they lose their faith in you because they know that when anything goes wrong, you're going to just walk away. And then your referral partner who referred you that case is, gets here's the riot act from the client saying they're not going to show up. So an already stretched thin uh, home health aid system and an assisted living community is now caring for somebody for 12 hours straight that they never thought they were going to be caring for. And that's a good scenario in the sense of yeah. least, least is an assisted living. Right. What happens when they're at somebody's house and then nobody's showing up? So one of the things I always told Janet and I told Gina and I told everybody is that, listen, the, the common denominator, the, the, what has to happen is the case needs to get filled. Mm-hmm. Now, ideally, you fill that case with somebody that gets paid an hourly wage that's reasonable that we normally pay people for that services. But if you can't do that, then we can, if we have to go into overtime, go into overtime. But at the end of the day, if we have to send our nurse out there, who gets paid more than what a caregiver gets paid because she is a nurse. And I have to lose my shirt off of this case for a day or two because we're going to lose so much money. It has to be done because it's just good business sense and it's good care, care, It's good sense for caring for the client. And 99% of the time, what's good for the client in the long run is going to be good for the business. Now, does it stink that I lost a little bit of money? Yeah, that happens. But that's part of business. But down the road, when somebody talks to another family member or that that client talks to friends and family, and they say, yeah, they didn't have any service issues. Or when they did, they were on top of them like no tomorrow. That's where your company culture lies. And when you're looking at a, a agency, you should ask them, like, what happens when somebody calls out at the last minute? What do you do? What would you do? What if you do if you can't find anybody to do that? Because that's going to give an idea that they, it's going to give you knowledge that it's going to give the, whoever you're talking to is going to realize you know what you're talking about, right? Because every yep. agency has call-outs. It's good. Today is Friday. It is 12 13 p.m. in Massachusetts, and I will promise you by the end of the day, we will get a call out for this weekend, and we will be scrambling to figure out how to get it filled. And it might be filled within 30 seconds with one call. It might take an hour or two. It will happen. What, 90% guarantee that it will happen? So every agency deals with it. So when it happens, how does that occur? And so the next thing, and that brings up, and everything comes from the culture of this company and the culture of the company you're working for or, or paying for services from. And the next one is customer service. And that, that brings up just kind of an example that we had. Here's, here's an example of, of customer service meeting culture. We had a client that um, is in assisted living. We had a snowstorm. And the caregiver did not realize that she was due to go there at a specific period of time. And we found out from the assisted living a few, an hour or two afterwards that the caregiver had not shown up. Obviously, this was a service failure. This is something that uh, we never like to have happen. It is considered in our industry one of the worst things that can happen where it's it's considered a no-call no show. You got to own it. And you got to own it. And it does happen. You try to minimize it as much as humanly possible, but it does happen. When it happened, we have a we have an emergency snow 
snow uh, uh, emergency protocol that clearly needed to be tightened up. And we made those changes to it for this upcoming year that will be happening to make sure that this doesn't happen again. But we realized that when it was 12 inches of snow was coming down, 16 yeah. inches of yeah. snow. One of the bigger ones. It was one of the big ones. And I got in my truck from North Andover, Massachusetts at 8 o'clock at night. And I drove down in 12-inch blizzards from 495 to 95 to Lexington, Mass, to pick up a caregiver and drop her off at the assisted living um, so that she was late. But at least we got her there. Now, was the client thrilled that the caregiver no called, no showed? Absolutely not. Was he thrilled that I picked up my keys and drove down and said, hey, this is a serious issue and we need to fix this issue. We need to find a remedy to it. You're dang right he was. He was thrilled that we did that. He was very appreciative because he understands things like this can happen, but it's what when it does happen, what do you do to solve the problem? Because every industry is going to have their issue. It's what's the customer service with it? And what, I mean, what do you think, Jan? Yeah, I mean, I and I think that is, if we're going to take a chapter out of our brag book, I think that's one thing that, that we do very well, and it's something you should ask if you're looking at, at any agency. And it's a simple matter of um, how well does the agency know their clients, know their customers. Um, you know, whether it's assisted living or whether it's someone's home, we know our people yeah. and we know what their schedule is. And we know in an assisted living, if okay, we're in the case you mentioned, um, in a situation like that, we would know whether the person was going to be playing bingo for the next hour in the assisted living or what time they went to dinner, you know, um, and, and that's important because then we know what we have for room to finagle. Absolutely. While we're getting someone else in place, you know, and we will, we know who is on the case, whether they can stay how many hours later until we get someone in. Yeah. And in many a case, you, me, somebody, we have gone to the house and filled that half hour gap while the other person got there. Absolutely. And that's a matter of knowing your clients and knowing what their needs are. It's not just knowing their meds. It's knowing their needs and their routine. And so the example with, with that last example brings me right into our third one, and that's communication. Communication is, is the, there's a, there's a funny Homer Simpson line that I, I think a lot of people know. And he goes, he raises his duff beer and he goes, beer to the, the cause and solution of all of life's problems. And I think he's right <laughs> in some sense, but just switch out communication. Communication, the cause and solution to all of life's problems. Now, communication, What when you have good communication and your caregiver no called, no showed because they, she didn't realize she was supposed to be at an assisted living, the first call you make after calling the client and letting them know that you're aware of it is you call the assisted living. And then... The assisted living knows this stuff happens. They understand that everybody's doing their best to get care done and that, that service failures will happen because guess what? They have service failures as well. Everybody has their struggles. You call up the assisted living. You say, hey, I'm on it. I'm working on it. Can you just watch out over Mrs. Smith for two hours or an hour? And then we've had it where a receptionist just wheels her in front of the reception desk where she's by a fire and reading a book or whatever it might be. She has eyes on them to make sure that they're okay while we're scrambling, going down the, the highway at an, uh, <laughs> way too fast for a snowstorm to get 
that taken care of. And communication is huge because when I speak with any referral partners, whether it's a hospital, a SNF, an assisted living, a VNA, a hospice company, or, or whatever, communication is always usually one of the top things that people um, complain about with private home care. It's just people aren't talking to one another, and it happens all the time in any industry that communication is the issue. It just it just ends up being and so you know one of the things we do and there's no there's no there's no right or wrong way we always struggle with communication but we try to speak with our referral partners and our clients and our caregivers on a weekly basis checking in seeing what's going on have there been changes in baseline changes in condition how's everybody doing people getting better people getting worse you know nowadays everybody loves email because you can get it on your phone and you can do it while you're at a stop sign or stoplight and say, hey, you know, a client will email us real quick. Hey, what's going on with next week's uh, coverage for this? And then it works that way. But, you know, Janet's job is based around communication. My job is based around communication. And that's how important it is. Well, what do you think, Janet? Yeah, I mean, the communication is, and and especially in this, this world that moves so fast, there are so many clients that we have that the family's out of state. So they're, they're, they're blind to what's actually happening. They're trying to talk to somebody on the phone and even get the straight story. Um, and to communicate to both the family and the client and be able to, again, I go back to knowing your clients, knowing you know what's fact, what's fiction, what has to happen, what doesn't. I think as a group here, we are well-versed in what goes on with the discharge from a hospital yep. or the discharge from a rehab. And chances are nobody's got a definitive answer until five minutes before it actually happens. And uh, you have to be able to turn on a dime to that. Families are very anxious about those things because they don't do it day in and day out. We do. Yep. So to be able to give them some sense of confidence that we don't have all the answers right now, but that's okay. We have the ones that we need. And I think that, like you said, the communication, if everybody's not on the same page and not afraid to call and say, I don't know what to do, or I have a question about this, it has to be open communication. And that's so important with the staff. They have to be willing to and comfortable to call up and say, you know what? I'm not sure about A, B, or C. Yeah. The, the, the more comfortable your staff is with you, the less yelling that occurs, the less they feel intimidated to call you. You know, you're, you're going to get bad news in any industry, so you might as well take it with as much of a smile or a straight face as you can rather than, than blow up. I'm not perfect at it, but, you know, nobody is. Nobody likes getting good, bad news, but you just learn that it, it's, it's better to handle the situation at hand and then revisit who screwed up when, where, and how. And so much is just misunderstandings. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, those are kind of three things that we think that we do better than some of our competitors and why we've been in business so long. And we thought it was just worthwhile sharing it. So it's the culture. It's what is your company, um, what are the company's values that you're looking at? What happens when those call-outs occur? What's going to occur when things go wrong? That's when you find out when a company's culture is. Everybody's, you know, what's the, uh, um, you know, all, what is it, all, all ships uh, uh, float in high tide? Or what is that saying that's all? A rising tide lifts all ships. There you go. Sorry. All right. Yeah. I knew. 
point, point case. When everything's going well, everybody looks like a rock star. Yep. When things go bad, you know, what is that like? And then that ties into the customer service. You know, I'm, a, I'm an active owner. Find out if the owners are involved on the day-to-day Absolutely. basis. Absolutely. There are so many owners out there that are not involved. They don't. They, 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 they live out of state or they don't get back to their clients, uh, uh, their, their, their employees for days with critical answers. Um, are they involved? Can you get their email address? Can you get their cell phone? You know, um, you know that's, that's always important. Find out how involved the, the, the uh, owners are because I've certainly been in uncomfortable situations where you know, a caregiver makes a mistake. That's one of the things that I, I loathe the most about being a business owner is that my personal and professional reputation are based around what people can do that I'm not even supervising at the very moment, right? You know, if somebody's having a bad day and doesn't want to do their job well, well, it's, it reflects poorly on me mm-hmm. um, as, as much as I want a job. And then communication. Here's, a, you know, one thing I forgot to mention with communication. Here's a simple one. If the agency doesn't have a 24-7 on call, run. Just If they're not willing to have you call in, and that doesn't mean that you get to call up on Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning asking about a bill question or calling on Sunday night at 6 p.m. to let them know that in a week and a half they're going to need, you know, you don't need Sarah for three days. The 24-7 on call is for emergencies only that you feel that you need to speak with a live person at that very moment because something has gone wrong with the case, whether it's on your end or on caregiver's end, whatever it might be, hospitalizations are a big reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's, you know, that communication. How, how often are you hearing from the care coordinators and, the, and, and all of that? Because it's, it's the bane of any problem usually is started at a miscommunication somewhere. So yep. those are three ways that we think we're good. That's our little infomercial. But I think you can take that information and use it to evaluate other agencies when you live in different parts of the country outside of the tiny 15, 20 miles around Lexington, Massachusetts that we can cover. Um, even if you're on Springfield, Massachusetts right now, I can't help you. So take this information <laughs> and use it to find a private agency that will work well with your family. And those are three things that are important. Anything else on your end, Janet? No, I think that's the good stuff. I um, it, it is. It's all, the, it's all the things you said, and it's what makes being a team. Really being a team. It's like you're the coach. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you wouldn't mind giving us a like or five stars or whatever they do and a subscription, (laughs) that would be great. I guess those are important. I don't know if I even check those. We just keep putting these out. There you go. I don't don't really check that stuff. But anyways, thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. And I guess have yourself a good weekend considering it's Friday after 12. So enjoy it. Enjoy it.